1: Right here on, that scared the hell out of me, the music, on AfterBuzz TV and AfterBuzzTV.com. We were talking Los Angeles Dodgers Woo. baseball the last, uh, I would say seven days, the last 14 days.
2: We're coming in with the beef.
1: All right, here we go. Uh, missed last week's show, we moved into a new studio here at AfterBuzz, a very nice studio for you folks at home if you're watching the video. It looks the exact same. Same, but behind the scenes for the the divas, among them myself, Bobby DeMiro, my co-host Mike Conley. We are divas. For the folks like us, um, big deal. We got we got we got a sink. We have water. We have like. They have air conditioning here. This is like a huge step up. It's impressive. It's yeah. impressive.
2: Kevin Yu is really uh, stepping things up here over at Apple This Buzz is here.
1: they got they got electricity, it's no longer the the, the monkeys powering the bicycles.
2: Non-stop to, uh, club beats this. also, uh,
1: evidently. I mean <laughs> We run on club beats. You know. <laughs> this is uh this is not exactly I love LA, but I kind of would prefer this on a Dodgers win. Right. My big question for you is will the Dodgers ever win again? I submit that no, they will not. They will never win. They'll go oh one hundred and sixty-two next year. Wow, wow! Bold prediction. I'm sticking by it. And then move back to Brooklyn. So <laughs> yeah, to... that'll be the that'll be the the pre- uh, preemptive thing. They'll move back to Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn is you know acquiring teams. Why wouldn't they want the Dodgers back? I don't know that the hipster crowd in Brooklyn would support the Dodgers. I think they support the Nets because it's like the ironic thing to do right now. I know. I just don't feel like them supporting baseball. But, but the Dodgers are in Echo Park. They're in Los Feliz, and, you know, who lives there?
2: That's true. I do. Thanks thanks for mentioning that.
1: <laughs> we are way off topic. Hey, so... Oh. Uh, uh, custodial things, some uh, some some to-do list stuff. Because we weren't here last week, we're going to talk very, very briefly about the last two weeks in Dodger baseball. Part of that is because we went to that 16-inning game. I went to all three games against the Rockies. I run a website about the Rockies. I kind of like the Colorado Rockies. Uh, so I went to all three games when they were here last two weeks ago. But we, you and I, went to that 16-inning game. We did indeed. What a cluster.
2: That was. I'm mean, Definitely the first game I've been to in L.A. that's rained.
1: Me too, Yeah, 100%. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We
1: stuck it out. We stuck it out, though. Here's the thing. There's a couple things I'm thinking. First off, you have to stick it out because the cardinal rule of going to a baseball game is you do not leave a baseball game. You don't leave early. I
2: think you and I feel that way as diehard baseball fans, but, you know, a Dodger
1: game, it's, you know come in the third leaving the seventh. Dodger That's games right. are weird. And and you know, we've each been to dozens. I mean, I love Dodger Stadium. It's great. Mm-hmm. But Dodger games are weird because 50% of the fans are just like us, more so than us, the most knowledgeable, the most statistic, the most baseball folks, the smartest baseball minds, total diehards. Mm-hmm. Get there an hour before the game and stay after and everything. The other 50% Are ridiculous And they show up in the third And they tweet the whole time And they're I don't know if they see More than three pitches Mm. And I know that's kind of true At every stadium a little bit But I feel like because it's LA Dodger Stadium is that On steroids
2: Yeah is this the portion of the show where you try and boost our viewership by insulting people? Yeah, I'm going to
1: insult the casual. F- this show is probably okay. not for the casual. No, but that's my point. Mm-hmm. No Dodger baseball show is for the really casual fan. Mm-hmm. You would watch like the one highlight on ESPN if you're going to watch that, and then you go and you know move on to football or whatever the stupid people are watching nowadays. We we oh, wow, <laughs> Boy, that's, that's a tase on me, folks. Um, we also uh, ran into one of those diehards. We did. Game. We'd, now, see, that's a diehard. That's somebody who listens to the show, goes to all the games. Yeah. And she had an excuse. She left early, but she had little kids with her. She did. That is my one excuse. Josie Bellow, by the way, who tweets us all the time. What's so we up, have to shout Josie? Her out.
2: Absolutely. Um, Thanks wa- for saying hello at the she game. She walked
1: up to us, and she was like, it's Mike and Bobby. And we we were not ready for that. Wow. We were not like, alone. yes, yeah. it is.
2: <laughs> You're the one who listens.
1: <laughs> oh. um, no, but she had an excuse. I'm glad we're on this topic, because this is mm-hmm. more important than baseball. Okay. When you have little kids that 's your one excuse. You have another human being that can 't take care of itself. You have a two year old or whatever like her nieces and nephews and stuff that yeah you got to leave then but if it 's you and you alone or you like you 're on a date and your date 's like sixth inning is like hey i 'm done." You like no? You need to take an Uber home because I'm staying till the ninth. Cool. You know that's
2: what I'm talking about. I
1: mean, you, you, what's what's the age cutoff before you send the kid home? Ooh, in Uber? that's a good. <laughs> well, <laughs> wait a second. Before you send the kid home in an Uber, yeah. I think I think it's four. I think okay. a four year old can figure out Uber for themselves. All right. yeah. <laughs> um No, that's tricky with the age cutoff of the kids. But I'm yeah. telling you, man, you can't leave games early. And you know why? Because this that 16 inning game, the Dodgers lost it. But honestly, I don't. It counts as a loss, of course, but in your mind it shouldn't count as a win or a loss. That's a life experience. That game, when you get past about the eleventh or twelfth, that becomes a life experience. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things you're like, dude. You know, five years from now the Dodgers are going to play an eighteen-in game, and you're going to say, "Hey, man." i remember the last insane game they played i was there yeah you know
2: and and what's your excuse leaving the 18 inning game early we were at the 16 inning game and it was
1: pouring rain pouring rain all night it was a tuesday night it was it tu- yeah, well, tuesday. tuesday? yeah tuesday it's tuesday night we had work in the morning and Oof. by work i mean neither one of us had work the next no, day no. um so we were sleeping until noon the next day i mean really really given one for the team absolutely you know absolutely unfortunately
2: Um, we were were able to pull out the w for the Dodgers that night but
1: they got the other two they took two out of three against the rockies didn't get that one uh that's a loss that hurts but here's the thing when you're in expanded rosters in september each team used eight pitchers nine ten pitchers one inning a pop so it wasn't that bad of a situation could have been worse
2: gone are those days of those bullpens that can throw you know a guy in the bullpen comes and throws three innings, you know? Dennis Eckersley
1: is not here anymore. And even he. He He was the first guy who was like a one or one and a third guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those dudes ain't here anymore. Um, The Spocky Lyles of
2: their time. It kills
1: me. I'm totally not off the subject, but we're already off the subject, so let's keep going.
2: I mean, you know how I like to not stay on subject.
1: You'll like this story Mm -hmm. as a Red Sox fan, and Dodgers fans will like this story because it brings up one of the greatest moments in Dodgers history. Okay. Kurt Gibson's home run in 1988 in Dodger Stadium against the Oakland A's game one of the World Series. Mm-hmm. When he hit it, I don't know if you've ever seen the the full inning. Have you ever seen the video of the full inning of Kirk Gibson's home run? It's on YouTube. I mean when it was live. Well yeah I was watching. Watch it again. Okay. Because you're old, that's true. I was yeah. I was two when it happened. All right. um, um you were fifteen? Twenty? Fourteen. Were you drinking? <laughs> <And I didn't.
2: laughs> Maybe. Maybe Um we get started early back home. <laughs>
1: But the full (laughs) inning in South Side of Boston, right? The full inning there, Vin Scully, of course, because Vin Scully's been around forever. And Eckersley comes in and Scully makes a note. I believe he's with... I want to say Joe Garagiola, Joe Garagiola is Garagiola, yeah. color. The time, um, but Scully makes a note, or maybe Garagiola does, that Eckersley's one of these newfangled pitchers. He comes in for a save. He gets like an in. He gets four outs, three or four outs. He never goes two or three innings. I'm serious. You should hear it. That's like when the chain started, wow. and I'm watching that as a you know less than thirty year old, and I'm looking at that, and I'm like. What's this guy talking about? And then I remember, well, wait a second, it's almost 30 years ago. (laughs) Back then, pitchers, you'd have one really good bullpen arm and just throw him. Right. You know, nowadays, it's like, why would you use your closer for more than one?
2: Yeah. And and especially with like the implosion of this bullpen, it's like, if you have a guy out there that has good stuff that day and is effective, why not leave him out there for a second inning? I mean, I know everybody's not, you know, Craig Breslow, it can give you four
1: strong, but. uh, (laughs) You know, I mean, at least live a guy out there for two innings. You know, <laughs> that's that's why having like a Juan Nicasio will just really roundabout back to the team. Okay, that's why having Juan Nicasio, who's been a starter, not a good starter, but he's been a starter. He's been extended. Mm-hmm. If he has a, and he's done this, he's done middle relief where he's thrown two and three innings rarely. Yeah, but those are the kind of guys you want because Jansen's not going to go more than one. Jansen's like a max effort one. Would he do two in the playoffs? Probably. Right. But yeah. even then. Eh, And Nicasio was one of
2: these guys that I was kind of hoping was going to step up, too, you know? Yeah. Being into a reliever role, you know, get those couple extra ticks up on the fastball. And he's got a nice arm. And he looks like at times where he's untouchable. And then there's other times where he grooves it, you know? And it's just like you need consistency out of that spot. I, I, I was really hoping... At some point, like he was going to emerge, and maybe like a Yimi Garcia, who I like out there at times. He you know? kind of emerged. Garcia kind yeah. of
1: emerged. I think.
2: Yeah, he came, he got out of that jam the other night. Um, I think it was Friday night, but he came in and pitched pretty well in that game. So
1: and then Saturday gave up the Bomsky walk off. Oh boy, so yeah. that's the you know, the consistency we're talking about, or the lack thereof. <laughs> but he's with not. This club. He's not Jim Johnson. He's certainly not Jim. Johnson. And on this team.
2: Jim Johnson, it's he should go the way of Matt Latos. He should, uh, you know, just. I'm I'm so let's uh,
1: just let's just jump on that right now actually because okay. this was big news this week for Dodgers folks. Latos was DFA'd after he gave up Arenado's homer in the 16th. He gets DFA'd a couple days later, uh, just on the 25th, I believe, two or three days ago, was was officially released. Um, that is admitting failure at a significant rate. He was traded for oh god what two months ago right mm. at the deadline yeah didn't didn't hardly last sixty days in the Dodgers uniform.
2: I mean I like the day he got DFA'd I was thinking that too it's like oh well how did they do in that trade and all that stuff but Wood had just pitched that gem like that two hit over yeah. Colorado right and it's like okay well it's worth. You know, tasting it on Jim Johnson and Latos as long as Wood's going to, you know, put forth that type of effort and cement himself as a number three, you know, that you need. But uh, n- he proceeded to shit on himself a couple of steps after that. And he's then, been really, And that's the thing. But he's the, still probably the number three just because nobody else is emerging. And
1: that's what's so wrong because Anderson's gotten so cold, Bolsinger's gotten so cold. Mm-hmm. What is your default number three when he's really a number four or five? And a good number – I'm not knocking him at all. Yeah. But he's not your playoff number three behind Granky and Kershaw. He shouldn't be. He's going to end up being that guy.
2: Not, not right now, you know, but I think he's still young enough where I think he could be, you know, a good piece for the Dodgers' future, you know. I think That's,
1: he's a decent uh, – yeah, he's yeah. a decent he trade. He could be a number three star, Um, but, but the other guys they get back, Jim Johnson, who, Latos, obviously. Right. Luis Avalon, nothing special. Right. Absolutely nothing special. And I thought he was going to be decent. Yeah.
2: You know? Lefty arm out of the pen, you know. Had a decent year a couple years ago, but you know they just haven't been able to get any consistency out of that position. I mean, JP Howell for like the first you know four months of the season was pretty consistent, and then he kind of
1: went in the tank. But uh, he's he's showing
2: something now a little bit. But
1: I'm telling you, it's going to bite the Dodgers in the ass. I think we talked about this right when it happened. We should have if we didn't. Paco Rodriguez, tough to give up Paco. I know he's been injured. He's been up and down a little bit. Kind of that's a numbers game, not him pitching well. Yeah. But he's been up and down in AAA. But I really like Paco, man.
2: Yeah. Well, he's gonzo. I mean... Is, Paco and, is gonzo. And he's... uh, You know, he was effective there for a while, and then Manningly just pitched him, pitched him, pitched him, pitched them, pitched, pitched, pitched him. Yeah. And then, like, okay, he got hurt. Now we trade him. You know, that's what happens. Once you get a guy out of the bullpen that's doing pretty good, and you pitch him until he's done.
1: Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, and, that's and how if, and Mattingly And operates. if, if, if done never happens, he becomes your closer. You <laughs> he becomes Kenley Jansen. Um... Okay, so Dodgers go two and one against the Rockies. Two, you know, the first series a couple right, weeks ago. Right. Then they go one and two against the Pirates. Uh, I'm sorry, the Pirates are a better team. Period. Point blank. They really are. Um, Pirates probably have better pitching, top to bottom. Dodgers have the best one two in baseball. No one's going to debate that. Beyond that, though, Pirates have a better bullpen. Pirates have better pitching, top to bottom. Pirates probably have. I, I don't know how you'd say more timely hitting or. Maybe a deeper lineup, but I feel like with Seager and some of these guys up, the Dodgers are pretty deep. But overall, I'm looking at these two teams together, and I'm thinking Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to take a best of seven if these two face each other.
2: Yes, and it's when I look throughout all the teams, and you're not know, really going to like to hear this, Dodger fans, but as I look throughout all the teams that are going to make the playoffs, you know they all seem to have that extra little something that that mystique. The Dodgers don't have any mystique right now, you know? I mean, St. Louis has has it because they've just, you know, had an incredible track record for the past 15, 20 years, you know, and they are the blueprint of Major League Baseball of what you want your organization to be. So they're there. But even the Mets who don't have that playoff, you know, um, mojo recently they have that little extra something you know that like you know ever since cespedes kind of brought
1: it, brought it I was, up I know? was thinking bartolo colon but I'm with you <laughs> you know how much I love bartolo they've got that
2: big extra something
1: oh boy <laughs>
2: and uh they sure do and you know and the pirates certainly have it and you know it's just the dodgers they seem to have the two studs and get by on that in a 162 game season and then it's like they don't you know, there's bullpen questions, there's questions about, uh, you know, inconsistency and in
1: timely hitting, and, you know, and, and it's no mistake. And the and the bats no disappear. The bats come alive. They're the, they're the best home run hitting team in uh, the National League. Mm-hmm. Every every offensive stat, their average dropped a ton the last couple of weeks. They're now 10th in batting average, but they get on base better than anybody. They slug second best in the league, mm-hmm. uh, second best in OPS, first in homers. Um, they get the most walks in the league. Any stat, you're like, you can't complain. Right. But then there'll be like two or three or four games, especially against good pitching, which you will see in the playoffs, mm-hmm. where they just disappear. Yeah. And it takes everything to win a 2-1 to game. Or, or what happened to Zach Greinke earlier in the year, get a lot of no decisions. Get a lot of one nothing losses, a lot of 2-1 tough losses. Um, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't know yeah. how to define the Mystique thing, but... The Dodgers right now are certainly backing into the playoffs. They will make it. It will take the Giants a miracle. They The Giants would have to literally win every game on out. Right. Um, just to be safe. And even then, even if they did, the Dodgers can still win the series with San Diego after right. this Giants series, and the Dodgers can still clinch. Yeah. Um,
2: it'd be interesting to see the Giants sweep, though. I mean
1: that that would make things very interesting. It would make them interesting. <laughs> that would make things interesting and terrible for the Dodgers. It put it put the bad, you know, damper on the season at the worst possible time. Yeah. Does it get lower? Let me ask you this then: to jump ahead to this week, the Dodgers split with Arizona, which is disappointing at home. Arizona's not going anywhere. Arizona's got some guys who are really pretty decent. Ruby De La Rosa's better than people realize. Robbie Ray's better than people realize. Um, I even like Robbie so, Ray. You don't go 2-2 two and two against Arizona in Dodger Stadium when you've played them so well all year. That's disappointing. And then you go to Colorado and you get swept. That's unbelievable. I mean. I, Rockies, Bobby is jumping up and down. Yeah. Holy crap. But, 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 I mean, realistic Bobby. I mean, it's nothing against, you know, I'm not trying to crap on the Dodgers with it. It's surprising. That should not happen. Yeah. You lose one, I'm with it. It's tough to play on the road. Maybe you lose two, I'm with it. But you come back today on Sunday and get blown out. That's really disappointing.
2: Yeah, uh, you know. And yet here we are. I, I can't. I mean, it, I could see the split with the Diamondbacks just because Diamondbacks have a pretty formidable lineup. But I mean, Colorado,
1: they're like t- 24 games out of first or something. I mean, Colorado uh, threw Chad Bettis, David Hale, and Chris Russon this weekend. And I know the Dodgers didn't throw Granky or Kershaw. Granky took a start off with the calf strain. He should be back, and there should be no problem yeah. next week. But. I'm sorry, (laughs) you're throwing Brett Anderson, who up until the last two weeks has really been solid this year. You're throwing Bolsinger, up until the last two weeks has really been solid this year. And then you throw Alex Wood, who's been kind of hit or miss, but overall pretty solid, against Hale and Russin and Chad Bettis. I like Bettis a lot. Nobody knows him besides the Rockies. He's not on a national level. Hale and Russin are replacement, guys. Mm -hmm. That's unconscionable.
2: If there isn't a a telltale sign of... The state of the affairs of the Dodgers then I don't know what is If Gershaw and
1: Grinke don't go, they're in trouble They are, and the Rockies have the formidable Lineup in Denver, but you gotta Match them, they matched them on Saturday night yeah. They didn't do so well on Friday and Sunday Sunday was a disaster yeah. um, Is this, okay, so here's a question Because getting swept by the Rockies is bad Rockies haven't swept the Dodgers since September 18-20, 2007 What was happening wow. September 18-20, 2007 uh
2: I remember that because uh the World Series champions that year were the one uh hometown Boston Red
1: Sox. Who did uh, they play in the World Series? They
2: played the uh Colorado Rockies. I was at game 1 and game 2. Uh, How work.
1: did the Rockies get to that World they Series? They ripped off like
2: 20 out of 22 or 21 out of 22 to get into
1: they that. They took 21 of 22. That 7th that September 18 to 20 sweep of the Dodgers at yeah. Coors Field was at the very start oh. of that 21 to 21 of 22. Oh, got off that the was right a day foot. where Takashi Saito, you remember the closer, Takashi Saito? Takashi yes. he, he was, He came in for the Dodgers on the first game of a doubleheader. Todd Helton hit a walk-off home run against him and went berserk. Todd Helton never showed any emotion. Todd Helton went berserk. Yeah. And I was watching at the time, and I was like, maybe there's something here. <laughs> this is different. <laughs> that was the thing. That was the week. Dodgers fans, I'm sure, remember it because they weren't in it at that point, but you you couldn't forget a series like that. That was a big series for for Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this The Rockies haven't swept them since then.
2: And here we are. That's pretty amazing. You know, I mean, because that Rockies team was obviously quite formidable. They were good. They were legitimately and, good. Hot streak so. aside,
1: that was a good team. This team is not. Yeah. Is this the low point for the Dodgers season? Or, according to you, is the low point still coming this week?
2: <laughs> it could be. It could be coming. I mean, because obviously it's the end of September and you're not playing your best baseball. Yeah. You know, and uh, you would like... To see some other people step up, so it isn't such a reliance on the two horses, you know. Because especially with Kershaw's performance in the playoffs the past two years, I don't want to hop on it, but we have to see it out of him, you know, and into have having produced in the playoffs before we can really, you know, uh, feel good. And 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 you'd like to have him going in under a you know a, a nice bed of. Uh f- freshly played baseball huh I and mean, that's a terrible analogy, but um but you'd like to see them playing good and like other guys you know contributing to wins other than you know going in with all of this on his shoulders, which he has him and granky so and I think you kind of see him kind of fraying a little bit. He kind of blew up the other day that's what, the, the that's what I was going to ask you in post game comments that's
1: what's gonna happen now, now he goes five against the diamondbacks, this was the game where they scored six runs in the bottom of the fifth, right. Was it should he have gone longer? Because he came up to bat in the middle of the rally. Should he have gone longer, or was Don Mattingly right to take him out?
2: I think Mattingly was right to take him out. You know, I mean, it's like he, he had been getting hit around a little bit. He, his pitch count was at eighty. You got to kind of go for the runs at that point. You know, when you have a rally, and you know, so what? Do you, what's he going to do? Pitch one more inning, and then he's at a hundred pitches. And you know, and you know, it's it, it was at a point in the year too where it's like, okay, maybe. Getting him a couple eighty pitch dots isn't the worst thing that can happen.
1: You're not going to sell him out and yeah. give him 120 pitches in a game you don't need anyway. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You
2: know, and it's like I think he's got to chill a little bit. You know, and maybe this is just a kind of a sign of him him coming upon the it, it seams a little bit. But he he should take a little notes off of Grinky, you know, and just be smooth, calm, and collected. And you know, almost like you know he he's got a little something missing upstairs sometimes cranky <laughs> in those post game uh yeah you know cranky's <laughs> it, cranky's a different cat I kind of like it <laughs> you know I'm just like okay, you know, and he's just not rattled and he's like kind of thinking he's like really giving the question a lot of thought and it's like and and then Crushaw it's like be happy you won the game you got a vulture win out of it and then he like jumps down the reporter's throat it's like squash that thing right there don't say oh do you have a baseball question because that's going to like make it fester into something he could have summed that up right there he's like hey you know I'm a competitor I I never want to come out of the game you know he's my manager I have a great relationship to him we talk very frankly you know that you guys saw that in the dugout this is what happens in a major league dugout it's going to stay between me and Donnie boom and just squash it, but yeah. he he was like, I don't know, a little spoiled bratish kind of, you
1: know. He's, he's or feeling the nerves. I mean, we've talk, nerves, we've talked about like this saying. before. I think Kershaw absolutely does not care about what fans and and, and analysts think about his playoff record. Mm-hmm. But I think Kershaw cares what Kershaw thinks about his playoff record. He doesn't watch this. He doesn't watch ESPN. He's not going to watch any of the people talking about it. But he knows deep down that he hasn't been good in the playoffs. No, he, There's wa- a difference. he watches. He, well, he tweeted me. If he watches, he yeah, should have said hi saying... to us at that 16-inning game. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, he should have. He um, here's something non-Kershaw, but okay. Kershaw-related. Okay. Brett Anderson, Mike Bolsinger, over the last seven days, four starts combined, 0-3, hmm. 17 innings in four starts. Nothing like getting that good old depth. Oof. 17 innings in four starts. They've given up 32 hits, 8 home runs, 18 earned runs, Eight walks and only eight strikeouts.
2: Is it too late to get Matt Latos back? Can we uh,
1: can, we, <laughs> can we re-sign him for the minimum yeah. prorated?
2: Somebody go down uh, um, the bus station and have him <laughs> not get
1: on that bus real quick. I think the prorated league minimum after the release right now for Latos, they would pay him $140. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's, you wouldn't pay him anything. Uh, is it too late to get anybody? You know, I mean, really, that might have been a hasty move, you fan Latos, because
2: it's like... These other guys aren't showing any type of consistency, so he can like mix in one good start out of every three, the same thing these guys are doing. It's like, why is his shot all of a sudden limited? You know? well, these needed, guys
1: aren't seizing it. The issue was they needed the roster spot for Carlos Frias. Okay. Um, but you then you wonder, could you have done this anywhere else? Pitching is such a weak spot. Could you have moved anybody besides a pitcher? And the answer apparently is No.
2: I mean, I don't understand why there's such a roster strain. You're, you're, you've got 40-man roster.
1: Well, Freas came off the 60-day, though. Okay. So he was on the 60-day DL, so he wasn't on the 40. So they filled their 40, and then they said, wait a second, we got this other guy we want. Gotcha. And then they just weighed it and said, we have more faith in Freas' potential than Latos' current. Right. And Freas did okay. Freas started a couple games ago, only went four innings, still building himself up. Did fine. Uh, I don't believe I trust him at all in the playoffs this year. But I think down the road, I think Frias is a little better than I thought he was. If you'd asked me a year ago about Carlos Frias, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. He's had a pretty decent year for where he came from. I right. think he's probably a little bit better future-wise. Yeah, yeah. He's no ace, but, And know. And quite
2: frankly, we have to see what happens here in the next week and a half to see who is going to be that number three because it's certainly not clear cut. And, like, you know, it, it – it, could could have been Matt Latos or, you know, some of the guys he's hanging out with down at the U-Haul place. But, <laughs> you know, and one of these guys could emerge and, you know, be a number three starter. But the past the, the two studs, they don't really have anybody. Or it seems like anybody that wants it, you know. So. Who,
1: who's your number three playoff start today? Dodgers face the Mets, which they probably will. In Shea Stadium, which they probably will. Who is, uh, who's? Well, I guess number three will be pitching in Dodger Stadium because one and two are going to be in Shea. Yeah. Who is your
2: number three? I mean, at this point, by default, it's going to be Wood.
1: <laughs> do you do it this way? Do you Would you do, would you, whichever way you put them, would you do Kershaw, Granky, Kershaw, Wood, Granky, Kershaw, Granky in a seven-game series? So wow. you flip, flip Granky and Kershaw on short rest once and only have your number three go one time. So,
2: someone would be going on three three days' rest on and one then of those?
1: and then, on the back end, the other guy goes on three days' rest, so Kershaw, granky Kershaw, blank, granky Kershaw, granky,
2: no I mean
1: too much I, I, you can't go in with that
2: uh as your strategy, you know, but if it shakes out where nah, I think I don't think you can do that I mean, you, you just hope you get those first two, and then just somebody out of the next two. Pulls a start right out so, of his. So
1: you're hoping? Are you are you trying to start three? Or are you trying to start four in a seven game series? If you're trying to start four, I'm done. No, no, you got to start three. Got to start three. So it's got to be Kershaw, Granky or Granky Kershaw Wood. Right, 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 Granky Kershaw Wood. But
2: I would be if they got the first two, I would be tempted to go with four guys.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, remember, you might get these. You might have these first two on the road. That's true. The way it's looking right now. That's true. Okay. It's probably going to be on the road. I mean, especially
2: with the Dodgers playing the way they are right now. And the Mets the doing Mets what they are. The Mets got a couple yeah. games up on them. So, I mean, it's not like they're not playing for anything. I mean, they're playing for their playoff lives. And then, you know, to try and get
1: home field in that 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 uh, that first series, I mean, that's worth playing for, you know. Is this all going to be worthwhile when on, you know, Tuesday or whatever day it ends up being, the Dodgers clinch the NL West in San Francisco against the Giants?
2: Ah, uh, Yeah, I mean. That'll, that'll be, I, I mean, as, as a pure baseball fan, I, I want some of these races to go down in the final days. So, yeah. I mean, I don't want to say I'm rooting for a giant sweep, <laughs> but I kind of am a little bit. Oh,
1: man. You were the wrong guy for I, this. I, I am terrible. I am so bad. Sorry, <laughs> Doug. Listen, fans. man, I'm happy with the Dodgers going undefeated the rest of the way. The Rockies got what they got. I'm No, I'm just. There you go. There you go. Um, I, I think, okay, so. We've established they've gotta do three in the playoffs. I think I really think that Kershaw Granky Kershaw thing is you, something I like that. But they've gotta do Kers- three in the playoffs. The three has to be Wood. There's nobody else that can be. I liked Wood over Anderson to begin with a little bit, and Anderson the last two weeks has been took himself out of it. Absolutely awful. Yeah. And Wood hasn't been amazing sometimes, but no. Anderson has been bad. Yeah.
2: At least Wood had that one amazing stop, So there's something in recent recollection yeah. that you can kind of point to, like maybe this guy has something. But
1: and I mean, remember Wood had that really good start against Colorado. Colorado hits the ball, even if it was in Dodger Stadium. Colorado's a good offensive team. Yeah. The Mets are not. The Mets pitch very well. Mets don't play don't don't hit at all. With Cespedes aside. So... It's Cespedes has kind of got that team yeah,
2: a little bit invigorated. But Duda, they're still not Duda doing... And Duda is back and he's hitting. I have little you know? faith in Lucas Duda, but... You know? Okay. He's a kind of streaky guy and he's does on a he hot have, streak right does now. Does he
1: have 20, 25? How many bombs does he have?
2: Yeah, he's probably in the low 20s. probably got about 22-ish.
1: He's kind of an Adam Dunnish guy. Not quite that far, but that's he what strike he... strike out as much as Dunn? I don't think so. Yeah. But that's what he always reminds me of. Mm-hmm. Um that kind of guy that you're always chasing with money, but he's never quite as good as you need him to be. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of those guys in baseball. Yeah. Uh Mike Napoli. Like who? Mike Napoli. No, know. that's a different kind <laughs> of guy. That's
2: a guy whose career's almost over. We went through the whole Red Sox show. You didn't have a Napoli fan. <laughs> He's hitting pretty good at the Rangers.
1: Um here's my, <laughs> here's my other question. for Here's my other question for you. Damn it, Mike. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh Dodgers lineup, ideal playoff lineup. Forget hand, forget facing a righty or a lefty. Okay. Who who plays in the field? Who's your ideal lineup for the Dodgers come playoff time?
2: This is this is a question I was going to ask you because there's really You got to uh, Kendrick and you got to play Segan, man. You I agree completely. Play Sega I in agree Then
1: Turner at third. Yeah. You know. Um Gonzo, and- obviously I think Grandall behind the plate. Obviously, even and I know it's going to depend on handedness of pitcher who's pitching for the Dodgers, but Grandal gives you best chance to win. AJ Ellis hadn't been as bad lately as yeah. he's been early on, but he, still, he
2: kind of he kind of took a little bit of a downturn this past week. But he was he was hitting pretty good for two yeah. or four weeks there. He kind of came around, and you got to really kind of ride that guy when he's hitting because he's not that good a hitter. But if um, Grandal is not hitting the ball
1: either, though. No, but that's relative you know. to Ellis, you know. Yeah. I, I feel better faith in Grandal in the All-Star season. I know he's faded a little bit from the first half, but yeah. I still have a better
2: optimism. I I'll still say. think Ellis catches Kershaw. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um outfield, outfield Oh man. Well, obviously Ethier, Mhm. in right and right. And then it's like uh, what a, what, what about Kike? What's, what's his deal? When, I was going to say, I'll be the, the bad mix? guy.
1: He's coming back this week in San Francisco. Okay. I'll be the guy, Kike in center. Right. Let him play five games, whatever it's going to take this week, rehab-wise. Put him in center field.
2: Yeah. Why not?
1: Jock was, was one for the week heading into Sunday. Yeah. Um, and that happens a lot to him. He's streaky anyways. Exactly. Put Kike in. And it's like... Uh, you know, it's nice to have a
2: 25 bomb guy to come off the bench, you know, and just, yeah. you know, and maybe he can like light a fire under you, you know. I mean, I like the kid's defense, but yeah, he's just too inconsistent with the bat. And it seemed like uh, a couple weeks he was coming out of it too, you know, he started taking balls the other way and I was like, all right, all right, maybe this guy's going to come up. And then, you know, he has been kind of a turd this past week, but
1: you know, he is a rookie
2: and, uh, and then left, uh, what
1: do you like? Crawford? I love mean, to, I, love I, I to like see the, me a little Justin Ruggiano. No, Justin I think, Ruggiano I think you gotta lefties. go,
2: you, you gotta have him in there versus lefties. Or,
1: I mean, you know, Scott Van Slyke, the question is how do you construct a playoff roster with these guys? Because Scott yeah. Van Slyke, I kind of like too, but I think Crawford's yeah, I do probably too,
2: and guy. then Guerrero shows me good stuff now and again too. I'm, I'm done with Guerrero. You're I've done been with
1: Guerrero? done with Guerrero. I think Guerrero was a mistake from day one, mm. from signing day one. Um. Yeah, I'm done with Guerrero. Now, granted, Guerrero's career was altered when Miguel Olivo bit his ear off because he was Guerrero was hitting 350 in AAA, and Miguel Olivo bit his ear off. However many weeks into last season, missed the rest of the year. Was about to get called up. Nothing. Do you remember that? Wow. I do you remember? S- that? I do not. Miguel Olivo, the yes. catcher. Yes. Catcher? Okay. So the Dodgers are in Oklahoma City in AAA now. Last year they were in Albuquerque. Okay. Olivo was down in AAA. You know, Guerrero was down there. He had not yet made his major league debut. I believe. And it was in, I want to say, like, June. It was kind of in the middle of the season, but not so deep in. Mm. And they got in a fight in the dugout. They got in a fight on the field, like a like a, a verbal altercation. And then it carried back into the dugout after the pitching change, after the inning ended. Wow. And, and they went at each other. And Olivo bit Guerrero's ear, like bit part of his ear off. Wow. And Guerrero, like, I guess when you lose part of your ear, you lose, like balance equilibrium. yeah you yeah. messes with your equilibrium or something and so they were like well he's going to be out for a few months and i remember being like how just so bad like i don't understand yeah. but i guess it's really messed up besides uh, you know aside from the fact that olivo is pretty messed up to do that wow um and then miguel olivo was released he's playing in tijuana right now i think he was playing in tijuana last i saw Man. and uh alex guerrero never quite been the same wow that explains it i mean you just gotta take a little something off the other rear and even it out? Yeah, even it out <laughs> a little bit. You know? This man is not a doctor. <laughs> uh. Huh?
2: Uh,
1: but I really? would play one on TV. Um, Code black. So, uh, so yeah. Give me a holla. <laughs> I don't know where the hell to go from that. Um, I could have made a joke and well, I'm not going to do who, it. I mean,
2: because the thing is, is I really love having Utley to come off the bench and pinch hit. You know, having like a, a veteran guy to do that. Less so a little bit about Rollins, but I just see her crushing it, you know, and you, you just got to roll with these youngsters, you know. Just keep them, oh, you you, don't, you just don't want to spook them. You just want to leave them be, give them their four at-bats, and, like, see what they do, you know. And granted, if he falters, you got a great, you know, backup plan, a guy who plays solid defense for you, a good veteran, but, you know, he's a good veteran presence. He should be able to eat it and sit on the bench and show what it's like to –
1: be a team player. Who Rollins? Rollins. And Utley, but I think Utley knows that. Utley knows
2: that Utley knows that. And he's 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 coming down and Kendrick's one of your better hitters, you know, he's having a good year for you, so He's going to be back in,
1: the and of course, uh, Aegon. At first, I think that's the biggest compliment you can get is we didn't talk about you because nobody's taking your spot. You're so damn consistent. and There's no question.
2: Yes, but he's he's kind of been faltering lately. So yeah. you definitely got to get him back hitting. I mean, if there's one guy you can push point to in that lineup that is going to be a pillar of consistency and is like a professional hitter, it's him. You know, and he's also a stud defensively. So he's the guy you just ink in every day in that three hole, and you just don't worry about. This times when you start worrying about it is when he you know puts up clunkers you know like w- w- this past week you know he's, ah, he's hitting two seventy oh no 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 that's that's for the year but uh, he's you know, what two for sixteen two, last week yeah, two for sixteen yeah. so he's he's got to turn it around because that's the guy that you are expecting a multiple hit game from every every night you know and you're gonna have to get that in the playoffs in order to have any type of success but yeah you gotta play Seeger man you got to play Seager. I think you
1: got to play Seager, too, and I'll tell you this, and this is very hard to come across to folks who haven't seen it or lived it. If you are a viewer and you've played baseball at a high level, and I don't mean the big leagues. I mean after high school. If you've played in junior college or college recently, Mm -hmm. um, all these guys, all these very, very top prospects, Seager, this is why I mention this, even Jacques Peterson, these guys have been under the gun since they were about 14. Because you play on AAU teams and traveling teams, you go to a showcase every weekend. You do all these high school showcases, you do all these college showcases. You have tons of scouts watching you all the time. Both these guys are high schoolers drafted out of high school. You had tons of scouts watching. They're probably playing 100 games a year as 17-year-olds. I know it's not the Major League Baseball playoffs. You can't compare those two things. But these guys have been under pressure for a long time. And whenever I hear people say, well, you know, the pressure of the playoffs, it is another level, but I think you almost underestimate how much pressure these guys have been under and have already passed. Yeah. Doesn't mean they're going to succeed in the postseason. No, it, it, there's not a bearing on the two. But it does mean that they're not going to get out there and wet their pants. Yeah. They, they, they've been in places like this before on a slightly smaller level. Right. Yeah. And you
2: want to keep it consistent. He's been having success here. You want to change as little as possible. So by taking him all of a sudden now to him getting pulling out of the bench and putting Rollins back in there and maybe he gets a start in game before, that's that's changing things up. Just don't even tell them it's the playoffs. Just have them keep mashing, <laughs> have them keep hitting. You know, and that, that, that's what you do with youth. You just throw them out there, and sometimes they're so young and dumb, the, it, the
1: moment doesn't phase them, and they have a great playoffs. That that's what happened with uh, Bogarts in like O thirteen. You know that's the, and that's the thing with you speaking of the playoffs with youth. If you're the front office in the Dodgers, and you would never ever admit this. You know right now better than anybody in the world, and everybody in the world knows it, you don't have the pitching to win a World Series. Behind Z- Grankey and Kershaw, you do not have the pitching. Behind those two and Kenley Jansen, everything in between, not even close. Could you do it? I mean, crazy things happen. I guess you could. Yeah. But it's not going to happen. So if you're the Dodgers front office, do you say, you know what? Let's play Jock. Let's play Seager. Let's play our exciting young guys who are our prospects. Let's just let them figure it out this year. And we will be back next year, the following year, whatever, with them again and again and again. And this is their dress rehearsal. And you never admit that. You're trying to win in the playoffs. But I like think a you,
2: preseason playoff. I,
1: I think you let these guys play because you know deep down if you hide them because you're worried about it and you want to win a World Series, you don't have the pitching to win a World Series. It's yeah. not going to happen. So what are you going to do? You're going to not have the pitching anyways. You're going to not play these guys so they don't learn anything for next year. You're going to play Jimmy Rollins, who's not going to be around next year. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why not stick Seager in the fire and see what he can do?
2: I, I'm definitely sticking Seager in the fire and see what he can do. But it isn't because I'm, like, throwing in the towel on this playoff. Run. No, 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 no but I'm not saying... the kid rakes. I'm
1: not saying throwing in, in the towel, but I am in, saying being realistic about where you are. There's a difference between throwing in the towel and being realistic. You're not the best team in the National League. Yeah. Could Could you make it? Sure, crazy things happen. You're not the best team.
2: It's true, but I don't, I don't, I don't stop Jock. I mean, he's just too inconsistent right now. And and to say, okay, we don't have the pitch. Every playoff season is a one unto itself, you know. So you know, if Kershaw shows up like regular season Kershaw and is that dominant, you know, you, you want to be able to get some runs for him. And sticking a guy up there that's you know one for his last twenty, and you know, it's just. Uh,
1: What happens when Francisco Liriano beats Kershaw because it happened last week? You know, you better get... The thing is, you have to get all four Granky-Kershaw games because the other three, who knows what the hell's going to
2: happen. And that's the thing. It's like the Pirates, that mystique we spoke about earlier, you know, it's like they can get these guys like Liriano, who was like... A retread. I mean it, the guy was almost out of baseball, you know. And then to get him to come back and to
1: be the as dominant as he is, the same thing with Burnett, what they're getting out of Burnett. Burnett's it's arm amazing. fell off. Yeah. Little known fact, his arm fell off in July. They sewed it back on and he's doing like he's he's pitching. It's right? not great. But he's pitching. Yeah. <laughs> and Melanson, I mean the I know. Red
2: Sox got rid of him for a song, you know? I mean it's like, wow. I mean, he, he couldn't pitch at all, and he, he p- puts on those uh, in some little of those some
1: and... of those setup guys. No one's ever heard of the the middle reliever Caminero throws a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Tony Watson's one of the best setup people in baseball. You'd never hear of him if you didn't watch the Pirates in the last week, like I did. Mm-hmm. Like you just some of these guys, they have a stacked bullpen.
2: We have to worry about the
1: Mets. The Mets have a stacked rotation too.
2: They do, but their the bullpen can be had. The bullpen yeah. is somewhat suspect. Yeah. And what's his name? One of their effective relievers is suspended, right, for the playoffs. Uh, Mejia, is Mejia, or the other guy, Familia. It's one. Not Familia. It's, it's Mejia. It's Mejia. It's yeah, Mejia.
1: yeah. I know it's not Familia. Yeah, um, but the the Mets have a great rotation. They've got a young rotation, even without Matt Harvey. You need Matt Harvey, but even without him, with Degrom and Cindergard. Uh, Bartolo, come on. Yeah. Um who else is up right now for them? Matt?
2: Stephen Matts, yeah.
1: Um there's another one I'm forgetting. John Neese has been doing well for them, but he's not a playoff starter. No. Uh but they're they're just it's insane. Yeah.
2: So I'm eager to see who they're gonna put in their pen out of those studs to be like a stud eighth inning guy. You know, would you put Harvey 17. would you
1: put Harvey in the pen to protect him? This is not Mets Rap three sixty, but I just got that idea. Yeah. If if he's concerned about innings limits like he so famously has been.
2: Yeah, I mean they're also concerned about innings limits on Cyndagod and Mats too, you know, and uh you know, what's his name? Playing the the other kid
1: won't they get Wheeler back next year too? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they and they Fast refused back. everybody called about Wheeler this winter and they yeah. were or this uh trade deadline in July and they were mm-hmm. like, No, yeah, not gonna happen.
2: They do have a bevy of, uh, and that, that's kind of what you got to do. I mean, who do the Dodgers have that can be those studs? Come up, Ureus, Ureus, and that's about it. So they're
1: gonna have to start
2: stalking that that farm system. Can't you huh? just not wait to
1: see how the Mets are gonna screw this one up? You that's mean, that's the saving grace for the Dodgers. They're playing. The Mets. Yeah. That is the
2: saving <laughs> grace for the Dodgers.
1: I mean I hate to say that, but let's face facts. I'm surprised the Mets have finished so strongly and didn't fade at the end like they did so many times. Yeah, I was um, expecting
2: them to fade, I was expecting the Cubs to fade, and both those teams are playing playing good baseball. You know? I mean the the shot in the arm for the Mets was definitely suspicious.
1: I mean that was yeah. the guy's just been raking. Yeah. Not the National League MVP. Let's just get that out there right now. But certainly one of those guys we've talked about in this show, CC Sabathia in '08 with the Brewers when he went like 13 and one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cespedes is now one of those memorable trade deadline deals that wasn't just like pretty good on a new team, but totally changed the new team yep. completely. Yeah, that's rare.
2: David Price on the pitching side this year too. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. He's, Although he's, Toronto
1: did so many things. Yeah, he's like nine and one
2: or something with them since coming over or something
1: sick like that. <laughs> Bottom line, end of the day, I'm going to read you some stats. Oh, boy. And we're going to talk very briefly about playoffs because What's I think doing? they're going to kick us out here in a minute. Oh, okay. Dodgers versus the four playoff teams, presumptive playoff teams. I mean, let's be honest right now. Uh, Dodgers vs. Cardinals, two and five, versus the Mets, three and four, versus the Pirates, one and five, wow. versus the Cubs, four and three. Overall, they are ten and seventeen against those four playoff teams. Do you have any faith in the Dodgers advancing beyond that first round?
2: Uh, you know, I, I really don't. You know, and it really comes back to that that mystique thing that we were talking about. And you know, I just they remind me a lot of the team that went into the playoffs last year.
0: You know, yeah.
2: And but uh, not coasting as much at the end. Yeah. But still, it's uh, I, I'm not very confident going in here. But the one thing being is the Mets. Maybe they could be had in the pen, but then you stick in one of those studs back there to shore up that pen.
1: But then who are you going to get next? you can going to get the Cardinals, the Pirates, possibly the Cubs. I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. The Cardinals or the Pirates, good luck. Yeah. Uh, they can't
2: be looking that far ahead, I guess. No, they
1: so, can't. No. Um, other question. Okay. If the Dodgers fail this postseason, first off, what is considered failure for them? Not a World Series, not advancing around. And second, would you ever consider firing Mattingly? Um,
2: I would. I mean, especially if, if they don't win a playoff series this year, that, that's that got to be a failure. And it, they might be even looking at it if they only win one and lose the next one. That could be looked in some eyes as a failure. I think if they win a playoff series, you know, that's a pretty good year for them. I mean, but I I don't, you know, I always, Don Manningley, okay, was always my favorite Yankee. You know why? Never made the playoffs. He made it in his last year when they in the first year I think of the wild card. yeah and he did okay but he was always my favorite Yankee because it 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 brings to mind the golden years of the Yankees when they didn't make the playoffs, like, in the 80s. It was just just a great time, you know? It was a great time to be a baseball fan. In Boston. Uh, Well, I mean, we weren't winning either, but at least they weren't winning, so it was good. But, like, so he's not, you know, I don't look at it as a winner. I was cheering for them when the Yankees were either going to go with Girardi or Mattingly. I was like, please, Mattingly, please, Mattingly, because I think Girardi's a good manager. And then they went with them, so the... Dodgers got the second guy. You and I I are both
1: big Bud Black fans. And he's out there, and he'll be a much better manager than Mattingly. I am a big Bud Black fan. Mm -hmm. I was a huge fan for him for the Rockies, but the Rockies are rebuilding, and I think Black is probably the wrong rebuild manager. Mm -hmm. Black is the turnkey manager where you have a team, and you would like, here you go, dude, do what you do with a good team. Mm -hmm. The Dodgers would be an interesting fit for him. Yes, they would.
2: And, you know, former pitcher, former pitching coach, and talk about some... uh, up staff that needs some coaching. He'll obviously leave the two studs, and then everybody else needs a lot of coaching up. But you know, got to bring up some young guys. It's got to be bolstered by more than just Urias. You know, you got to get and like if they do not make like if they, they're one and done in the playoffs, would do you blow it up?
1: Well, that's what I was gonna. Uh- you're reading my mind. Yeah. I was going to ask you if if they're one and done, or even regardless of what they do, is there any scenario where they wouldn't, like, go after Zach Greinke this offseason if and when he opts out? Yeah. And what about a
2: crazy idea of keeping grinky and trading Kershaw? No. I mean, <laughs> how are you going to get these young stars? I mean, I guess you're going to go and, uh, you know, draft and just have to luck out on the draft, I guess. But... I mean, I, I mean, I know it's sacrilege to put it out there, but, I mean, he would get a king's ransom. Somebody he, would give you a boatload. And
1: especially if he shows up and he, he's kind of a clunker in the playoffs. He would get a boatload. I feel like when you have legitimately the two best pitchers in all of baseball— you can't trade that. That next level guy. If the Dodgers had like a James Shields or even a David Price yeah. or or Johnny Cueto, like the Reds did, but the Reds are in a different situation for sure. You can get a lot back or whatever. Yeah. But those top two, oh man! And I think you got to. I think you have to sell out this winter and go and make sure that Granky comes back. Mm-hmm. Lock those two down. They're, they're not going to give you ten more years together, but they can give you, what, four or five really good ones together, and then Kershaw's a little younger than yeah.
0: Um
1: And then after that, then I think you start trading people. I think maybe you start trading like, you know, Howie Kendrick you start trading like maybe Jock. We've talked about this before. You start trading like an exciting young guy. They should have traded Dre last year, and then it turns out they were glad they didn't because they needed Dre. Mm-hmm. You look at Yaciel yeah, Puig this winter, and he may go on the trading block because they may not have a spot for him depending on who else stays. Right. There's a lot of guys.
2: He's coming off like a little kind of a sub-pot year, so you yeah, know, you want to make sure you get you know value in return, you know, for somebody who is as talented. You know, I'd hate to see him go somewhere and absolutely explode. You he know? will.
1: He's gonna explode. Yeah. The question is what do you get back from or do you let him play his value back up next year? Yeah. I would, uh, yeah, look to move Jock. Jock it is. Jock it is. <laughs> All right, that's it this week on uh, Dodgers Wrap 360. We'll be back next Sunday for the final week of baseball, and really we're just going to be talking playoffs because who the hell cares about the last week of baseball games when you already know you're in the playoffs. Uh, he is not on Twitter. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. Show him your phone real quick. Hey, that phone is from 19... Well, I was thinking on your camera. Mm. <laughs> He's new in the studio. That phone's from 1950. I'm on Twitter, at Bobby DeMuro. You guys could tweet me all time about Dodger baseball. We'll see you a week from today. For more Dodger Rap 360 right here on AfterBuzz
0: TV, good night. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other aftershows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. They do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.